0: Coming up in this episode, it's been a few weeks since The Flash from DC came out, but my cousin Drew has been on this podcast, I don't know, a handful of times at this point, oftentimes ranging around the topic of DC and movies and superheroes, so we're back at it again in this one. He's got some thoughts, I have some thoughts. We came together. We actually haven't talked about this film, surprisingly we spent an entire weekend Um, Philadelphia a few weeks back for his brother's wedding and neither of us talked about this film once we really held true to chatting over this podcast and so we get together this evening to chat about that and implications for the studio and other things about the film did want to mention that Ezra Miller's in this film and he's had a very checkered troubled recent past um, some terrible allegations we try to steer clear of that we know it's there and Uh, It's certainly not to be taken lightly, Uh, pretty horrid things going on um, with this individual's life outside of the big screen, but we we, uh, strive to really pay particular attention to what's going on the big screen. Ezra Miller also identifies by they them pronouns, which we tried to adhere to as well, although we did lapse in a few points. Coming up, my cousin Drew talking the flash. All right. Welcome to your local grocery store, where the surveillance camera captures just the right angles. The old man buys a can of tomatoes. Got my cousin Drew here with me tonight. You a tomato guy, man?
1: I don't really like tomatoes. They take them off of stuff.
0: Why? Just don't.
1: (laughs) They're kind of acidic for me, man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right, that's fair. You like that intro? That was that was a very long, pronounced. All cool. right.
1: I'm bummed with myself that I laughed at my own joke, though. Like I said, I'm trying to avoid that.
0: You're just you're becoming more of a pro.
1: Yeah, but like I said, I listened to that one guy, man, and he was laughing at all his jokes, and I was like, this guy sounds like a total idiot. So I'm He's... gonna try to refrain.
0: Yeah, I've been called out before for uh, for my uh, I don't know giggling sounds too childish, but. My um, my enjoyment at others. So we'll we'll both tone it down. We'll be serious in this one, yeah, talking man. about a serious film. It's, film. it's uh, been three weeks since the Flash came out. I think I, what did I? I that's a long time ago. That's pre wedding week that we just got together two weeks back. I think I went Friday night, and I went just before you, right?
1: Yeah, I think. A little, well, no, did I go Friday?
0: You might have gone Saturday. I think you were going to the minor league game Friday night.
1: No, the minor league game was Thursday. I think we both saw it Friday. I think you're correct. I think you saw it like an hour before I did.
0: Yeah, and then I texted, knowing full well you were already in the theater, uh, something like that. But, yeah, so we were at the wedding, the wedding. Um, We were going to get together, what, like two weeks ago, and then you just happened to be the best man in your brother's wedding. And I still laugh thinking about uh, you texting me, like, what, three days before the wedding, and you're like, mm, can't do it tonight. Uh, brothers got me doing things, and I'm like, seriously, it's it's fine. Your brother's getting married. I, I understand. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: it wasn't so much like doing things as much as like they were coming by to get some stuff for the wedding. But, yeah, I had to do that, and I was bummed. I was like, man, I'm so excited to talk about The Flash.
0: Yeah, just Ryan had to inconvenience us by getting married. But we yeah. made it through that entire weekend. <laughs> Anytime we came tangentially close to talking about this movie, uh, the both just of us committed to started- like, no
1: yeah, we saved nope. it up. We're going to leave it on the field right now.
0: <laughs> well, I told Kristen that I was like, yeah, so we haven't talked about it yet. And she said, oh, seriously, you guys made it through the entire wedding weekend without mentioning it. And I said, yep, never. I think it came up like two, three times. We both were like, cut it off, save it for the pod. Yep. So talking about the Flash here, and uh, I think I texted you when I came up with this movie rundown at the time, and this was the most intricate movie rundown i've come up with in the time doing this podcast so i'm gonna hit you with it and then we'll dissect it all so this is going to take a minute here we go movie rundown barry assists batman and alfred with a falling apart gotham general including capturing a baby in a microwave later that day while leaving work he's approached by west about his father's appeal the following day barry goes to look at his childhood home and running off full of emotion he realizes he can go to various points in the past disregarding bruce wayne's advice barry travels back to the day he originally gets his powers he meets his past self who he helps reacquire powers but loses his own powers in the process, ultimately unable to save his mom again. Meanwhile, news reports reveal General Zod is descending on Earth, but Barry learns any of the Justice League, none except Batman. The two travel to the mansion of a terribly aged and dejected Batman, Michael Keaton's, from 1989. Keaton's Bruce assists the two Berries in traveling to rescue who they presume to be Superman. Upon breaking out someone not Superman, they learn this is indeed a Kryptonian Kara Zorel, a.k.a. Supergirl. Supergirl agrees to assist him in fighting Zod, and upon a failed attempt to get OG Barry's powers back, Supergirl brings him up into a lightning storm, at which point he receives powers again. Keaton's Batman helping the four fight Zod and his crew until OG Barry realizes all will die in this universe. Barry, too, is determined to save everyone, and we end up meeting a third Barry, one who has become warped and degraded due to many, many failed time travel attempts to save everyone. Three Barrys see what multiversal catastrophe they've caused, before degraded Barry mortally injures Barry too, and the multiverse begins to reset itself. OG Barry returns home and realizes that all seems right again until Barry is approached by Bruce Wayne played by none other than George Clooney. All right, so that's like a two and a half hour movie in, uh, I think, like, I don't know, 80, 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah, you I got all that, all that in order.
1: Yeah, and it jumps, it definitely jumps around a bit. So I can understand why it was tough to pull all that in. <laughs> and recap, but i think you did a pretty good job there
0: thank you thank you i appreciate that yeah i mean with the, all the multiversal stuff and the different people playing different parts and uh the fact that it was like a two hour 40 minute movie and there's just a lot in there um this was a daunting task putting together this rundown
1: oh i'll bet i'm glad i don't have to do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got you that's what i'm here for so all right where do you want to start you want to go with the mvp of the movie
1: uh, who's your MVP?
0: I asked first because I, I think I know mine, but I'm not as I'm not as convinced. I, I, I actually have my answer and then two question marks after it. So this was not a strong MVP for me, but I struggled to come up with one.
1: Well, I've got two then. I've got my personal MVP that applies just to me. And then I've got my overall MVP that I would say uh, being unbiased uh, from a standpoint of the film. That would be my
0: MVP. So, I'll okay, start- wait. Can I can I guess with your personal one?
1: Well, don't don't spoil it for him. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with my non biased one. All
0: right. Okay. All right.
1: All right. So, uh, without any bias, including uh, things that have gone on, been revealed on the internet, legal allegations, uh, my unbiased as a viewer of the film mvp is ezra miller i think he carried the film uh i think it was a it was a surprise to me that michael keaton didn't overshadow him whatsoever he carried it through that whole part and he carried it playing against himself there were two of them and i think they both did uh, i said him a couple times sorry i think they both did an excellent job um portraying that character and it's not like the comic barry allen a lot of people have complained oh it's not what i know from the comics and it's like well it never was uh this is the character that they chose for that Snyderverse uh to be their flash he kind of has more of a spider-man thing going on the cool like add like i don't like he's like the comic relief and it's not what people are used to from their comic barry allen but it's what this character is. And I think he did an excellent job playing both versions of himself. Um, so that being said, do you want to tell them who my personal MVP is?
0: Actually, I was thinking of a couple of their answers. And I forgot that the answers staring right back at us with that, that solid jawline, kind of like a mopey look, leaning on the side of a tremendously expensive fancy car it's definitely bad isn't it
1: the man with the superhero butt chin Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh yeah my batman will always be my batman i will never accept anyone else as batman um and that first 20 minutes or so of the film although that baby cgi was rough uh just seeing him interact with the Flash and Alfred's on the line and, like, oh, man, like, I just... I wanted, like, five or six of those. ...do their thing, but this is what we got. We got this, like, 20 minutes and, uh... It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Like, Batfleck was so cool and just riding that sick motorcycle around with the two front wheels. Like, who even came up with that? It's so <laughs> awesome. And, uh... He... just just, just, no words man he was just so cool and then the coolest part which i have not i told you when i drove to philadelphia i listened to eight flash podcasts on the drive not a the fact that when wonder woman showed up and pulled him up on that bridge the look that they exchanged when he got pulled up on that bridge was i mean i i know we we try not to swear on here but He's
0: definitely fucking man, <laughs> well, and he
1: uh he had just like the biggest smiles on their face, and she was like he was like, "What's up?" <laughs> she was like, "Hey
0: <laughs> i I totally glossed over the fact when I was thinking back on this recap and everything like I forgot Wonder Woman was in this film for all of forty five uh, seconds, gets that- just enough out of Barry and and Bruce and then dips.
1: That was, like, the moment for me, bro. Like, like, like I said, that 20 minutes of the movie, that first 20 minutes is my favorite part, hands down. At a certain point, you will have to tell me to stop talking about this part of the movie so that we can move on, because I'll just keep going. But uh, (laughs) when (laughs) they exchanged that look, it was so obvious. Like, these are two people who are, like, low-key hooking up, and, like, no one else in the Justice League knows about it, but yeah like they're meeting up like at Wayne Manor late at night, and like, yeah, he's definitely hooking up with Wonder Woman, which was kind of hinted at in uh Justice League a little bit, but this was like full circle, like, yeah, now nah, it's happening, um, yeah, that's pretty sweet. It kind of comes out of like the Justice League animated series that was always hinted at in there as well, so that was really cool to see that go full circle, and then the comedic moments when he was holding on to the lasso of truth that was hilarious.
0: I was going to say, that was a good bit right there when we got some... Uh, I forget, what is he? He talks about how much he...
1: He said... from uh, uh, never thanking anyone. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <That's, laughs> yeah, I think that's what that's what stands apart with Batfleck is on a screen where he shared the screen with Michael Keaton's Batman, the uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is just so freaking cool. Like, to your point, you're you're gushing about the the character and and the the dude that plays the character. Every moment that he's leaning on a car is so suave and makes you just want to be like, God, that guy is just freaking awesome.
1: And he said, he, he said, I finally figured out exactly how to play this character. And it's bittersweet because this is my last time playing the character.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about the big reveal at the end a little bit farther on. But I thought the part that that Affleck played with his Batman, his Bruce, in this film, um, set up your your unbiased MVP, Ezra Miller's Barry. Um, that that line that we had seen in the trailer, um, as you know, like Barry, the things that happen to us, those those are our scars. We can't remove those. Those are the things that make us the heroes that we are. Yeah, I, you know, I knew that was coming because it was in the trailer. But man, it hit in the theater and not often does that happen that, you know, you see something um, in a trailer and then it happens in the movie and you're like, mm, yeah, I saw this. So it, it doesn't have the same sort of um, emotional impact that, that you would hope it has, has if, it, if you didn't see the trailer. But it had it in this film and that and I felt like that served as a really key cog in the thematic machine for this film.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was Barry's mentor, man. Like, if you go back to Justice League, uh, when the parademons were attacking those people, they had Cyborg's dad, Silas Stone, down in, like, that, like, underground, uh, I don't know, it was, like, a bunker or something. You know, they went down there, and they're fighting the parademons, and the Flash was like, yo, I've never, like, done this before. Like, I don't, like, save people, like, with my powers. And Batman's like, just save one." Just
0: focus. yeah. Just get it started,
1: and then when you do that, go back and try to save another one. Like just take it piece by piece. He so he was his mentor from the jump, from when they formed Justice League. So it makes total sense that now Barry goes to him, like, "Hey, what should I do? How should I handle this?" Because he's the one he feels comfortable with. He's the and if you're gonna pick a mentor, you can't go wrong with Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and it was. It was just, yeah, to your point, it was cool that relationship that they developed going back seven years to Batman Superman when they first initially meet. You're right. That first scene uh, was, I don't know. I was trying to think what is the most, what is the scene that I most want to go back and rewatch? Kind of on a loop. What is that one scene? And...
1: over well, we are from the Snyderverse.
0: From this one. From The Flash. Okay. Um, like, what's the one that I want to pull up on you somebody's yeah. illegally put it there for me to view now that it's not on home viewing yet. It's, I think it is the scene that you're talking about where it's like Alfred calls, Barry, we need you. Oh, I'm trying to get a bagel. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. Bruce needs you get here now. And then you've got that inner working of the, the their trio and um, yeah. yeah, Batman flying out of the ship and Barry doing his thing.
1: Barry's like, why aren't you here? And he's like, well, I'm going to go stop the guy who just stole the world-ending weapon. Like, maybe you can just handle the hospital, Barry. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and I like, too, that little subtle thing is a big, big Batman guy. The fact that, <laughs> I mean, I can't remember who he is. I'm mixing up Falcone and Carmoni. Did I butcher that? Carmine Falcone. Is that who he's chasing? I forget who. It's the quick... Reference as to who's in the in the vehicle that Batman's chasing. He takes. I'm blanking.
1: The son of uh, Carmine Falcone.
0: Okay, Maroni. That's the other one. I couldn't remember if it was Falcone or Maroni, but that little subtle reference to a Batman villain, I appreciated that. <laughs>
1: Between the Dark Knight and, uh, you know, that trilogy, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, and then the Gotham show, we've definitely uh, heard the name several times, even if you're not a comic guy. Um, but I was, honestly, I was a little bummed by that, that like, oh, who's the villain we're taking down in this Justice League sequence?
0: Oh, it's Carmine
1: Falcone's son. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, Batman, come on, figure it out, man.
1: Like, give me like... I don't know. Give me like a – not like a main, main villain, but give me powers.
0: Like <laughs> yeah, like we couldn't have had a – I know we just did the Riddler and the Batman, but I don't know. Couldn't we have got like a, a quick tease of of the – Yeah, I, think, like, I the- think what they sealed was that give he needed Barry. Like I just need you for a quick second. I'm going to get Falcone. You save the hospital. I know you can do it. Your powers lean into this. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean – And like I say, I love the scene, but that's the one thing I would have tweaked is I would have made it a more substantial villain. Cause like, who cares? Like if this is really done, you're never going to get to see Ben Affleck's version of the penguin. Like why couldn't it have been his version of the penguin that we're chasing after and like get something good. Jonah Hill. How crazy would that have been if Jonah Hill was driving that car with like the big nose,
0: (laughs) you still could have done something with that too, with the building collapsing. Cause you know, penguins underground, he's doing his things under the, under the surface, that could have worked.
1: That could have been sweet, man. But like, all right, sh- this guy's son—you've heard the name before. It's like, eh, okay, a little disappointing. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know what? Going back to it though, I'm a—I'm uh, with you. That was the name that I that I put as my MVP of the movie was Ezra Miller because I think I went back and looked. I always try to do a quick fire off tweet. Like my initial reaction is, and I tweet right as soon as I come out of the theater, and. I try to be not too in the moment reactive to it, uh, but what I put in this film was it hits the right notes, and so I think that with Ezra Miller uh, playing the role of Barry that what this film really is strong in is maybe not some of the action sequences, maybe not some of the little details, but the overall storyline of I've got a chance I, I realize I have this chance to save somebody who I care deeply about, and I want to take it but You know, to our point that we mentioned, my mentor says, don't, Mm, it matters to me. I'm going to do it anyway. And then to watch OG Barry, as I call him, going back in the past and realizing his mistake all the while his past self is trying to figure it out in the moment. And for Ezra Miller to play both of those conflicting combatic roles simultaneously, dude, it was really good.
1: And the one complaint he got from uh, a lot of the haters who are already on the like, oh, I hate Ezra Miller train uh, because of the stuff that came out about him. And I'm not saying that stuff's not serious. Uh, It certainly is. But as a fan of the Snyderverse, as a fan of. Wanted to see the movie for what it was, I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon of like, oh, like, screw this movie because of what Ezra Miller did. Like, I'm watching it for Barry Allen. I'm not here for Ezra Miller. Yep. But it is a shame that he did those things and that he has kind of painted himself into a corner where it looks like he's he's probably done. His career is over. Um, it's a shame because he did an excellent job and he carried the film. And the one complaint he got was people didn't like how quickly when the second Barry showed up, he... All of a sudden the OG Barry became like super serious. And my point that I brought up to a coworker who was saying this to me, I said, dude, he just jumped to another timeline. <laughs> he broke time and ended up in another timeline. Do you don't you don't think you'd get a little serious?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm with you on that one. That's totally fair. Like you realize you, you I mean, this character, Barry, has matured over the last You know, over half a decade in these movies, it's not. We see the contrast between present Barry, past Barry, and this Barry has matured. And on top of that, you have this thing of, okay, I'm gonna go to the past. Mm, Bruce told me not to. I'm gonna do it anyway. Oh crap! Now I've gone to the past, and I've done the one thing I know I'm not supposed to do, which is interact with my past self. Oh my gosh, that the stakes real quick.
1: Oh yeah, and the complaint is that. You know, he was kind of like goofy and annoying <clears> at <throat> first 20 minutes. And as soon as he met with the original version of himself, now the, now the younger version is goofy and annoying and he's super serious. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he was definitely more serious in that first 20 minutes than he was back in Justice League. But when you get into a situation like that, you're going to get even more serious. And the other guy, just he had no issues to deal with. He had two parents and like like his life was compared to what the other Barry had to live through, his life was awesome.
0: Yeah, if I'm I you know, it's the whole comparing thing where if I'm the funniest person in a room and then I go stand next to a comedian, I'm no longer the funniest person in the room. Same as Barry was kind of goofy, but if he goes back to past he's no longer it's, the goofiest person in the room.
1: Younger, less tortured version of himself. Of course, he's going to become like totally serious because and then that comes out later in the film is he's upset with him because it's like, you don't even seem to value what you have. Like I would, kid, yeah. I literally broke time to try to get what you have and you're just taking it for granted.
0: Yeah. It's that's why I think Ezra Miller, uh, I think that's what I settled on is the MVP. Cause of course there's all the legal things going on outside of the, the two hour, 40 minute film that we watched. But in terms of, <clears throat> that actor performing their role in this film, uh it was it was pretty remarkable. And I think <clears throat> you know, your point just now about the, the scenery does kind of when where Barry reckons with Past Barry and is like, dude, you don't get it. It all goes down in Batman's Cave, which is a good segue. Um, and I wanted to go back and point out too that I think we've get we've got Michael Keaton's Batman is back in this movie, and I think it was that Batman was cool back in the day, and it's one of, if not my favorite Batman. But I thought it was a a testament to the Batfleck that I I thought Michael Keaton's Batman was in the minor leagues compared to what Ben Affleck brought in this one, and I thought both were great. But um, all that to say, it's still nice to have Michael Keaton back on screen as Batman. I'm sure you would agree.
1: <clears throat> they. I really liked how they introduced him with the long hair, the bare feet, just kind of like mm. Hank, like a painter. <laughs>
0: like, got That makes the, one of us. They didn't like, love that.
1: I don't need to fight crime anymore. Like, I thought that was really cool. A lot of people, like, knocked that. Like, oh, it was, like, dumb. Yeah. And hokey. I thought that was really cool how that was done. The one issue I did have with his character in the movie is there was no character development as far as, like, like, going back to, like, Batman and Batman Returns. um, No,
0: you're you're absolutely right.
1: Early 90s, like, you could have plugged anybody in. That could have been George Clooney, that could have been Christian Bale, that could have been with some, like, AI voice rendering and stuff, that could have been Val Kilmer. (laughs) It really didn't matter which Batman it was, it did hit harder, because it was the first Batman, and I would imagine if you're somebody who that's your Batman, it was epic. And it was pretty cool, as Even myself, who's, as we've stated, a Batfleck guy. Um, It was still pretty cool to see, but it wasn't, like, crucial that it was Michael Keaton. Like, they didn't play into it. Like, you didn't see any of his former associates or anything. There's no one from those older films. Uh, So it really didn't play up to his character at all. It was just, like, taking a Batman who's, like, retired, he's done, and bringing him back into the fold and giving him purpose again. Uh, And it was cool. And it was cool Uh, how he was doing the stunts. He was doing some sick fighting and stuff. I know there was like a stunt double involved. uh, But it was cool to see him really kicking ass. Like you wanted to back in 89. But like the technology and stuff just wasn't there. Dude couldn't even like turn his head. But now he's like doing backflips and putting C4 on a Kryptonian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I think the scene, one of the most rewatchable scenes from this film is the scene where they stumble upon him in the kitchen. They see his flip flop. And all of a sudden he's, you know, in the midst of making some spaghetti, he's whooping butt with two different berries, but Sam- I would push back. See that. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think my biggest thing, I got two issues with this Michael Keaton, with this Michael Keaton Batman one he's a good looking dude in the, in the old films. And he's like, you know, a a suave, chic Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne. I mean, and so like in this film, he just decides, screw it. I'm going to never shave and never comb my hair. And then immediately has that flip later in the film. I don't really buy it. I think you could have still gotten the same effect of the introduction of this Batman. If he's, you know, rocking some stubble, maybe got a little goatee. Uh, I, I was a little thrown off by the hair. The second thing I would agree with you is that, that storyline of this Batman. I thought there was way too immediate of a turn. I did not think there was enough buildup for yeah. him to be like, screw you guys, this is your own battle, your own fight. I don't care. I'm retired. We're all good. To, okay, I got the suit on. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I thought that was too immediate a shift.
1: Yeah, with him and with Supergirl, I just felt like they were, like, throwaway characters. Like, yeah, include them in the movie, but, like, they don't really have, like, a story of their own. They're just, like, here to aid Barry's story.
0: Well, I think we found that to be 100% true with the idea that, I mean, I was kind of, I don't know. I I think disappointed is the best word when OG Barry finds out or realizes what Barry, too, has which is that Zod has said all will die in this universe. Okay, that's true. Everyone in this universe is going to die no matter how many times we go back slightly to save Bruce, to go back and save um, Kara Zarel. They're both going to die. We just need to escape this universe because everything in it is going to die. Maybe bury that too. Maybe that includes you. And so I would kind of agree with your point there, although I did like talking about Supergirl now. I did like her turn. I did like her understanding. Like, why did you help me? But you know that that I feel. Yeah, go like ahead. really earned either, like you. No, had not entirely
1: torturing you and keeping you in like a cell for years and years and like. And Michael Keaton's Batman, like true to form, like from like cool badass eighty nine Batman, was just like, yeah, it's not our guy. Let's get out of here. <laughs> 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 no i think we should still save her <laughs> so they saved her and i understand like yeah okay you saved her so like now she's okay with people but like come on dude like if you've lived for years in a facility where people guy is like get her out of here that's just gonna totally way. flip it like, like no nah. i'd be, be like let get me get the hell away from these people and then we'll go from there but she just dove right in, and I she's like, yeah, the, I'm done. And then Keaton's like, let's get nuts. Yeah, I think nuts. it was fair,
0: though. <laughs> I think it was fair, though. That was pretty good, by the way. I think it was fair, though, for her to go to Zod and be like, is that, I'm, my memory is so fuddled right now. I think she goes to Zod, and she's like, what do you want from these people? And he's like, their planet sucks. They need to die. And that allows her to go back to Barry and be like, okay. So before I let Zod destroy your planet, because I really don't give two craps about you or your planet, um, and I, she's probably got a disposition if I'm just hypothetically guessing here, she probably hates America, or, uh, uh, civilians of Earth because of the way they treated her at this facility. I think she was going back to Barry to be like, why did you save me? Basically, you've got one chance to give me a good answer. And if I don't like your answer, you and everybody else on this freaking planet are cooked, so you might as well make it a good answer. I thought that could, I thought there could be some earnest uh, intention there. And his answer that he gave was good enough with the whole, like, stands for hope on your chest, right? Like, he, he gives her an impassioned plea as to why she should stay.
1: I don't think... I think it would have played better had she known. I don't think she was aware at that point. I think she found out a little later that, yeah, no, Zodan's team found Cal's ship and version of Superman. Like, when she tough. found that out, was like, I'm going to kill all of you. Uh, so had they yeah. just revealed that a little sooner, it would have played way better because it's like, oh, yeah, like, why would I help that? if I killed my little cousin.
0: Yeah, that's, I think, partly why my brain got fuddled with, because she goes to Zod once and then goes back to Barry and then goes back to Zod again and finds out that Superman is...
1: And They've been killed um, by Zod. Um, Michael Shannon was like so not into this dude. Like that was talked about so much in all the podcasts i listened to. Like if you see him in interviews and stuff, he's just like so not into it. And he literally said like, yeah, they called me. And I was like, you know, I'm dead, right? And they were like, yeah, I know this is a different timeline. And he was like, all right, well, if you really want me to do it, I guess. I talk to Zach first because I'm not going to do it unless Zach's cool with it. And Zack Snyder gave him the go-ahead, so he did it. But, like, it was not the performance he gave in Man of Steel.
0: I will find him! It It
1: was not that, dude. It was... (laughs) Yeah, it was... Oh, I'm going to take over (laughs) this world. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It did. Yeah, you're right. It did leave a little to be desired. You know, I do like... You mentioned earlier the the time driving from michigan to philly and listening to like 145 podcasts on the trip i do like that we're coming at this from the vantage point of of you've listened to a lot for this one and i've i've read very little but there's a couple podcasts i've saved too that i'm going in With a a, more of a blank mind, so I'd say I didn't know that about Michael Shannon that he was just basically cashing a paycheck for this one.
1: Oh yeah, he did not care at all. He was honestly like not really into the idea of being in it because it's like, and that's I'm sure why Billy Crudup uh, checked out and was like, "Yeah, I'm not." They said, "Oh yeah, issues with his filming schedule because of the morning show on Apple TV." And it's like, yeah, that's probably part of it. But also, like, you got to understand, this guy has a long history with Zack Snyder. He played Dr. Manhattan in The Watchmen. And, like, WB screwed Zack Snyder over, dude. And, like, all these guys who are, like, faithful to him are like, yeah, screw WB. Like, I don't want to be a part of it. But I'm sure WB was playing off of the original script that Zack Snyder was involved with for this Flash movie. And that's why i love that first 20 minutes so much because it shows you it's a it's a glimpse it's like a peek at what we should have gotten man like we should be on like justice league three by now like the universe that snyder built was like so awesome and had so much depth to it and They just, like, destroyed it. Like, you can see bits and pieces. That's what makes this movie so great is you can see bits and pieces of what it would have been, but obviously no Michael Keaton. It would have been Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing Thomas Wayne, and I think her name's Lauren Cohen, uh, who played Maggie in The Walking Dead. She was Martha Wayne, and in the comic book version of Flashpoint, When Barry runs to that other timeline, it's not Michael Keaton's Batman, it's Thomas Wayne. In this reality, the uh, Joe Chill, the guy who killed Batman's parents in the alley and got... uh, He did not kill Bruce Wayne's parents, Bruce
0: Wayne. Oh, yeah, 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 he gets Bruce.
1: Thomas Wayne became Batman, and Martha Wayne went crazy and became the Joker in that timeline. So you would have seen a film where Jeffrey Dean Morgan played a harsher, more brutal Batman. That Batman did murder people. He didn't care at all. He carried guns. He murdered everybody. And uh, a joke, a version of the Joker that we've never seen in live action, a female version of the Joker, like that would have been sick, dude. That's what Zack Snyder had queued up. And instead they went with this like, oh, yeah, like Michael Ke- like people like Michael Keaton. And yeah, sure. You definitely got some, but like, and like I sent you in a text the other day, you saw that uh, rendering that I sent you when we were discussing getting on this podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, remind me, remind me and for, you know, our massive audience.
1: For the listeners, for the thousands of listeners, um, I sent you the uh, artist rendering of Barry coming to Ben Affleck in the Batcave and handing him the letter. And he opens up the letter and it says, love your father, Thomas Wayne. And that's what happened in the comic book. He went to this other timeline.
0: Mm, yeah, Yeah.
1: His dad and told him about what Bruce did in this other timeline. And he wrote him a letter and the flash ran back and he came back to the original timeline and he gave Bruce the letter. So he had a letter from his dad 30 years after his dad died saying like I'm proud of you and I love you and what an emotion uh, dude and I saw a stuff. book like making fun of the fact like it showed that same image and it's like what we should have gotten and then it showed a picture of Barry with the missing tooth and it said what we got instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that's where I think you know that we've talked previously about the upcoming DC slate and James Gunn fi- famously called this the greatest superhero movie ever uh, prior to its release. We're hyping it up, dude. Tom <laughs> Cruise supposedly
1: saw a cut of it like months ago, and he said it's incredible. It's amazing.
0: It was It was really good. It had its finer points, but it's like... Why and one podcast that? I did listen to from a few months back was like, you Are know the- what? You can give us...
1: Warner Brothers? What's that? Are the Mission Impossible movies Warner Brothers?
0: I'm not sure. Maybe Columbia.
1: Are they Columbia? Because if they're Warner Brothers, it makes total sense why Tom Cruise said that. But if they're not Warner Brothers, I don't really understand.
0: <laughs> He's might be a little out there. But, you know, one one podcast I listened to was like, it's nice to give us all these idea creature commandos and, uh, you know, Waller show that we're going to get. But, like, give us the good stuff. You and I are are in the camp of, I just want to watch Batman. I want to watch Batman beat people up and, and do good for Gotham and to watch the inner mechanisms of Gotham city. And I want to see Superman saving the day and being heroic and being impenetrable. Like that's the good stuff. That's what I want to watch. And so what you've laid out as the stuff that you've heard or read about as being alternate for us, alternate timeline movies. That we saw uh, than the one we got here, that stuff all sounds incredible. The idea of the plots that you've laid out, you know, just it makes you want more than what we got in this film, and you know, maybe we've settled on the the meta big brain task that uh, the guys at DC wanted us to get from this film anyway, which is this is what we got. It could have been better. This is what we got.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, that was a hundred percent my feeling. It could have been better. There were some opportunities missed. There was some cool stuff that fell by the wayside. Um, Like I said, I think they still incorporated that Zod thing because that was from the original idea and it was a cool tie back to bring it back to Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. Um, But at the end of the day, it's not quite what we wanted, but I appreciated it for what it was. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. uh, And like, I'm, I know it was a bit of a mess and, the lead actor, they are also a bit of a mess. Uh, but overall, like, it was just fun, man. Like, I'm excited to see it again. Um, I, You know, with kids and stuff, it's tough to get to the theater. So I haven't been back to the theater to see it. But as soon as it drops on HBO Max, which I'm assuming is in, like, the next two or three days, uh, because <laughs> yeah. it did so bad, dude. Like, let's touch on this for a minute. It did so bad i read an article that it would have lost less money if they had just wrapped it like they did batgirl and just oh
0: it. wow that's they, that's not a good
1: to see it and they actually just in the past couple days i read an article they pulled it from 150 000 theaters nationwide because they are losing so much money by still having it up on the screens and nobody's going i mean I think we discussed that part at the wedding a little bit. There were, like, six people in my theater, dude. I think you said there were, like, eight in yours.
0: Yeah, there were there were not people. This is a movie that reports have it being made for 200 to $220 million, somewhere in that range, and to date has made a tad under $250 million at the box office. That's, that's terrible.
1: Um, yeah, they're not even making back what they spent, dude, much less making a profit. Like, it's...
0: I mean just for reference i know it's a it's a, a different studio a great a more tenured franchise i guess so to speak but guardians of the galaxy 3 which just came out you know i don't know 6 weeks before this one same about the same range in the budget 250 uh made 838 million dollars now again again different studio uh, has a legacy with that team wow.
1: I think that's what played into it too. I think part of it was the Ezra Miller thing. Yeah, everyone has a problem with Ezra Miller. I think part of it was uh the fact that everybody knows like DC movies are just kind of a mess. Like the last couple of movies that have dropped, like every like it just seems like every single thing they've done since Man of Steel they just like man they're like experts of it. Like, yeah, what can we do to make this worse? What can we do to like wreck this and destroy the artist's original vision and <laughs> something that like sucks before?
0: <laughs> do you think it has something to do with the fact like twofold, the fact that one, people have not gone back to the theater. I, I don't think in total people have gone back to the theater since pandemic, uh, like they were prior to the pandemic. Coupled with the fact that HBO Max, sorry, excuse me, Max, has been in the news a lot. And it's almost like, a, a, I guess if you're getting shoved down your face, like, get Max, get Max. And then you know this movie will ultimately be on Max. And the fact that we've got Batman in this film, and the fact that we just got the Batman uh, 16 months prior to this one, that... It's almost like uh, point A, we haven't gone back to theaters like we have a half decade ago. Point B, there's just too much saturation with this studio and its overarching streamer that it's like, leave me alone. And then point C, it could obviously be the Ezra Miller thing. But like I, I feel like it's got to be a combination of those things.
1: Absolutely. It was a combination of several different factors that ultimately tanked this movie, but...
0: At the end of the day,
1: it's like, I mean, it's set in, like, a universe that's dying. Like, who's, like, who's game for that? Like, Marvel's, I don't know, what are they, like, 30, 40 movies in, and it's all tied together? And how do you pitch people on, like, come out and see The Flash. It's part of the Snyderverse, which we're totally done with. (laughs) Like, check it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hey, you want to come see this dying product uh, as part of a greater dying machine? Come on down. Yeah, I I think –
1: But one thing thing that people are not talking about, which I definitely wanted to touch on in this, is Ben Affleck keeps talking about how this is it. This is his last time in the role. He's not going to be back. People are forgetting that like five months ago, Ben Affleck was on the set of Aquaman. He was on the Warner Brothers lot walking around with Jason Momoa in a Bruce Wayne – like expensive suit and fans saw them and Jason Momoa was straight up like, Oh, you caught us, he's in the Aquaman too. <laughs> and sure, he could have been just like messing around and like trying to be funny. Maybe Ben Affleck was just doing something else there and he came to see him. But like, I don't think so, dude. I think he shot stuff for Aquaman too. So like maybe this is our last time seeing Batman. I don't think it's our last time seeing Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. I think he's coming back in Aquaman 2, which, again, will do very poorly. Uh, I've heard that it's they've said in reviews and stuff to people who have seen it, it's unwatchable. It's supposedly terrible, which I'm not really surprised Wow, by. Aquaman 1 was not great. It was a bit of a mess. Nowhere near as much of a mess as this film, but it was a bit of a mess. It was kind of all over the place. So I can understand that Aquaman 2 is not great, but I think I think our guy's in it, man. I think Batfleck's in this movie. And I think that's why they showed Jason Momoa at the end, walking around with Flash, talking about how the timeline reset, because I don't think we're going to continue with Jason Momoa's Aquaman either. I think he's done as well. And this is his final send-off. And there's rumors that he's going to come back and play Lobo, which would be really sick. But I think basically... and. It's kind of hokey and dumb. I know it was a James Gunn decision to put that George Clooney uh, cameo in at the end. But I think at the end of the day, the point he's trying to make is like, yeah, so like these guys have all been dumped in the Clooneyverse and we're going to move on and that's all over. Like, Like Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller's Flash both now exist in a non-existent universe that we do not plan to move forward with. 'Cause Ezra Miller's never gonna work again. And Jason Momoa, he's just I don't know, I feel like he's kinda moved on. I don't think he wants to do Aquaman anymore. He wants to do this Lobo character, which is like not gonna be a huge thing. But or maybe it will. James Gunn loves his villains. He may do like well, a movie about Lobo. He's also
0: he's also gonna do about six more Fast and Furious movies if uh
1: Well, I think if he has
0: anything to do with it.
1: My prediction two more because they were going to do one more and now Vin Diesel's claiming that the studio wants a third. But yeah, I think Dante Reyes is going to be the villain. He was an awesome villain. We've just if if you listeners have heard our previous Insta <laughs> we definitely discussed that in detail. Um uh, but yeah, he was a great villain. I think he's going to continue with that. I just think he wants to do other things. He doesn't want to be Aquaman forever. And that whole universe is dead anyway, like but I wish they had included the original ending as opposed to this George Clooney ending. I am kind of salty at James Gunn for switching it to this George Clooney cameo because I would have liked to see what it was originally shot as, which is Henry Cavill, uh, Sasha Callie's Supergirl, and I
0: thought, yeah, I thought she was great. I loved Supergirl in this film. But
1: but you read about what the original ending was, right?
0: No, I don't think I've seen.
1: Barry came out of that courthouse, and it wasn't George Clooney's Batman approaching him. It was Michael Keaton's Batman, Sasha Kelly's Supergirl, Henry Cavill, and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman walking up to him. So, like, oh, wow. And they didn't do that because they didn't want to give that same false hope that Black Adam gave when they showed the Henry Cavill cameo at the end. And it's like, oh, but we're actually not moving forward with that. So like that really annoyed people. So James Gunn didn't want to do that again. But
0: I guess yeah, I'm I'm with you though. I just don't want to be caught up with the the false hope and the misdirection on the narrative going forward. So it sounds like you're not thrilled with the George Clooney ending. I was going to ask you about that. I thought you've already opened the f door, the the f bomb door here. So I I thought that line when George Clooney pops out and Ezra Miller, uh, Barry Allen is like, who the fuck is that guy? I thought that was perfectly executed, but I hated it. I hated George Clooney coming out. I just did not like that. I I did not like that direction. And so it sounds like the scene that they were setting up could have been way better. But it sounds like you were sort of similar-minded. You didn't love it. And uh, your your thinking is that now we're in the George Clooney-verse, which sort of helps them reset everything.
1: Yeah, it's just dumping them in a timeline that we know we're not revisiting. Um, but I've said for years, people have always pitched like, oh, Michael Keaton should come back for Batman Beyond. I've always said, I think George Clooney should come back. Like, you've seen his work in previous years. Specifically, I really like the film uh, The Descendants. I think he does a really good job in that. He plays very stoic uh, Like, I just think he would have been a sick Batman, but he just did not get the script or the direction that he needed. And so that's why that movie came out terrible. But I think he's the man, dude. I think he would have been a sick Batman if he had given the right material seeing him. But I would have much more preferred seeing our guys, the Zack Snyder Justice League. Like, those are my guys, man. And we got that seen at the start, it would have been great to tie it all back together. Like, hey, this is our final bow. The curtains are on this universe and we're just like, that would have been way sicker, but it is what it is. They ended it with a hokey joke instead and I just hope that's not an indication of what James Gunn's going to be moving forward.
0: I hope that he did what he thought was best. With the product that he was... I mean, he he got this film... I don't know where in the post-production phase, but it was post-production when he took over DC Studios, I gotta believe.
1: Way post-production. And we haven't even touched on... We do need to discuss the awful CGI.
0: Okay, I was gonna ask you about that earlier. Yeah, dude, the... I wasn't a huge fan of all the other universes kind of falling upon themselves, but the... The scene with all the berries at the end, and they're in this little time portal warp area, and you've got this degraded berry, and berry 2 looks terrible. That scene, if I never see that scene again, I'll be happy. That scene was awful, CGI-wise.
1: There was a lot of brutal CGI in this, and the thing is, like, the director came out and said, oh, like, some of those choices were intentional, so... The fact that you're upset with the CGI, like, it wasn't, like, a mistake. We did it like that on purpose. And I think he was referring to the uh, chrono ball scenes. Like, where that, like, over express style animation where these people were, like, folding in on the chrono ball as he was running. I think that was intentional. Uh, But I think a lot of the other CGI, like, specifically the babies in the opening sequence or...
0: Oh, yeah, those are rough too.
1: The older version of that ended up being villain, uh, I think those were done horribly. And I don't think that was an intentional choice. I think that was more like, yo, like the star of our movie is like super controversial. Let's not put any more money into this. Like, whatever the CGI looks like, that's what we're going with. So like they just didn't really put the finer points on it. They're just like, yeah, throw it out how it is. Like if you notice, they never really like show you close up on evil Barry's face. And like some of them are distorted with like that Kryptonian shrapnel. So you can't yeah. all you really see is his mouth. But it's like I would have really liked to see an A Miller as like the like that would have been a huge reveal. I would have loved that but i just don't think they wanted to spend the money on it because they knew this movie wasn't going to do super well that's why they got tom cruise to come out and say oh it's great it's great
0: yeah it's almost like the hype machine had to work after the money that was put into it and dude it's a good thing they didn't put more effort into the cgi because
1: oh it's a total bomb dude um, it's a total bomb
0: it, it would have i don't know if it would have made any money i mean barely anything
1: it didn't matter what so, was on It was, like we said, the combination of the actor, the universe dying, the bad reputation that DC movies have. There was so many factors playing into the fact that nobody saw it. No matter what they did with the CGI, nobody was going to see it. So, it is what it is. At this point, just drop it on HBO Max and maybe that'll get some more viewership numbers for them. But, it's yeah, it's a bust. Take it out of the as much as I liked it, just, yeah, the smart business move is to pull it and just go to HBO Max.
0: Yeah, fan-wise, loved it. I mean, it was a super swift two-and-a-half hours of intense, enticing viewing, but it's not a financial juggernaut.
1: And as long as we're on the CGI, let's go back to what you mentioned a second ago, those end scenes, which have been so confidential uh where they showed, you know, Christopher Reeves' version yeah. of Superman. Mm-hmm. Reeves version of Superman. They showed Adam West Batman. And people were pissed. They were like, this isn't right. Like, how dare you, like, like do this to someone who's passed? Like, just let them rest. How dare you show this? And it's like, yo, Christopher Reeves... In a wheelchair, played like a Stephen Hawking esque character on Smallville, just to stay close to the, because it meant so much to him. It was such a huge part of his life playing Superman. Are you honestly going to tell me for a second that he wouldn't have been super hyped to know that, like, hey man, like years later, you, you've you've passed on, but you're still a huge part of this DC universe, and you were that is
0: kind
1: he would have been hyped. Cool
0: factor. Yeah, Yeah, he would have
1: been hyped. Like, come on. To say it's disrespectful, it's like, that's ridiculous. You're just trying to make something out of nothing.
0: And I wasn't thrilled with the Nicolas Cage inclusion, but... I
1: thought that was awesome as an idea, but the problem was, again, the CGI. They just didn't want to put any money toward the CGI, so they actually interviewed some of the visual effects people, and they were like, yeah, like, how did you guys get those images like how did you get that on screen and they said we worked off of youtube we used youtube videos to like create. like wow dude
0: that's yeah it wasn't it wasn't well executed but knowing the the history of that movie that never happened after the fact for me i didn't realize it going in i was like what on earth is nicholas cage dressed up as superman in this movie but after the fact so it's just it was so no, it was it was so subtle a detail for me that I, it didn't hit for me.
1: You've got to listen to Kevin Smith talk about the process on his podcast because he talks about when he was meeting with the producer uh, and, like, the rules he got for, like, how to write the script and stuff. It's hilarious, dude. But, yeah, as soon as I saw that giant spider monster, I was like – Oh, okay. I know exactly what they're doing. And when the camera turned and I saw Nicolas Cage, I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome. that." Because like such a, like I don't know. There's an entire documentary about that man, like how that movie. It would have been pretty cool, dude. Like to see like see like a different version of Superman. it. W- it was something else. It wasn't like your traditional. Like, they have the whole script online. You can read the script. But, yeah, you definitely should check into that because it's a really cool story. It would have been a cool movie. Uh, But I liked it. I just was like, oh, my God, that CGI looks horrible.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a good look.
1: Um, All right, so
0: I I know you're out house hunting. I don't want Esther to be pissed off at me here as we wrap. All right, two final thoughts, two final DC thoughts here. All right, one. Actually, not DC. Superhero, though. Are you excited for the Craven movie? Do you give a crap about the Craven?
1: I've always been an Aaron Taylor Johnson guy. I think he killed fast. I think he was wasted in the Marvel Universe. Uh, Fair. Yeah, I think that movie could be kind of sick. I do think they need to figure out what the hell they're doing as far as, like, Spider-Man. Um, like, Fair. I just don't why Marvel won't give him the go ahead? Just like use Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. Like, he's still down. He'd be down to do yeah. it. Like, you don't have to give us Tom Holland's Spider Man. That can still be the Marvel Universe version. But let me get Andrew Garfield going up against Tom Hardy's Venom, Aaron Taylor Johnson's Craven, Michael Keaton's Vulture. Like, that would be cool, man.
0: Yeah, you failed to uh, mention Morbius. That's fine. We don't need to talk about Morbius.
1: I did like Uh, this too. I did like that movie too, even though it caught a lot of flack. But yeah, like, I just give me a Spider Man to go against these guys because this whole thing where they're rewriting all the origins and stuff because they can't include Spider Man, it's like, geez, man. Like, just throw a Spider Man in there. It doesn't have to be Tom Holland.
0: I watched that trailer, and my initial reaction is this sucker is going to suck. I I love Russell Crowe. I'm with you on. Aaron Taylor Johnson, but uh, I think it's got some potential, but it just looks like Morbius, rewritten. It looks like uh, all these villain ones, Venom. It looks like the same movie, and I'm I'm struggling to get excited for that one because I think it might be kind of rote.
1: It's a struggle to get excited for any Sony superhero movie. That universe is just, I mean, talk about DC is a mess. Sony yeah. is a mess an absolute joke
0: like, a way like
1: you say watching that trailer i'm like laughing a little bit because it's like come on yeah. what are you guys doing? but i think it could be cool like you got to take it with a grain of salt just like venom just like morbius they're not great films but like hey at least we're getting the character
0: yeah we're having fun with it all right so last thought here for dc Okay, so we both have thoughts. We get it. We've got our Superman. We've got our Lois Lane. David Cornsweet and uh, Rachel Brosnan are going to play Superman and Lois Lane in James Gunn's Baby Man Legacy. Uh, I will let you go first. What do you think?
1: Are you sure you want me to go first?
0: All right, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, David Cornsweet, I'm on board. I, I'm all right with it. I don't have any burning uh, angers or upset inclinations. I could be fine. That's solid. Let's go for it. It's a relatively no-name guy who maybe can linger with the role for a little bit. Rachel Brosnan, I'm not. I'm not down for that. I I don't know why, but I see this girl, and I'm like, this is the girl that had an incredibly rough go. On House of Cards, um, I know she's had a great post House of Cards career. I just I don't look at her and see Lois Lane. Oh, I think that in 500 of these castings, hopefully the rest of the crew in the better way for Superman Legacy. But corn and sweat, I'm on board. Brosnan, I'm out. What's?
1: You're sending to me now.
0: Yeah, y- your turn.
1: Okay, so I'm super salty about it. I'm not happy at all. Um, I don't like that they just cast a Henry Cavill Jr. as the new Superman when we had Henry Cavill. Uh, I don't really care about this guy. He's the equivalent of Robert Pattinson to me. He is a joke version of a character that I love, and I will not get on board with it no matter what happens. Could care less about the girl. Uh, Amy Adams is Lois Lane. I want to go. <laughs> so yeah. So <laughs> I'm. I I may see this movie in theaters. I may wait till it comes on streaming, just out of protest, because like it's not what I want. I'm a Snyderverse guy, man. Like my universe is over. It's not my time anymore. It's maybe maybe Bill will like this new Henry Cavill Jr. guy, but
0: I'm yeah, out. Yeah, they look pretty close in age.
1: As they would say on Shark Tank, I'm out.
0: All right, that's fair, man. You weren't kidding. I thought I had some thoughts, just being like Cord sweat. Sure, that's fine. Brian, I've been going I'm around.
1: Out. I've been going around work just like telling people how much I hate this new guy, and he's not Henry Cavill. I even told the girl the other day she was trying to go on break, and I was like, "You can only go on break if you can tell me the name of Superman, the actor's name." And uh, she had to ask a friend. She had to phone a friend, but she was able to tell me it was Henry Cavill. So I let her go on her lunch break. <laughs>
0: that's incredible! <laughs> wow, I love that we say that for anybody who's still listening that we save that till the end. And you're, you freaking hate this pairing. That's that's tremendous.
1: I am not looking forward to James Gunn's universe, man. I know a lot of people have faith because he did a few good Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I thought The Suicide Squad was stupid. It was boring. Um, Yeah, I'm not looking forward to James Gunn's universe, man. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But as of now, I'm just like, yeah, it's not the Snyderverse. So, like, just go away, man. (laughs)
0: That seems like a a really solid place to uh, cap off the chat. Because I, man, I think uh, I'm a bit more intrigued at what Gun's going to do, but this will be so fun going forward, knowing that I'm, for now, open-minded and at least a little hopeful and you're just like, nah, F this universe, <laughs> screw everything.
1: I'm a closed box, man, tape it up, it's over.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy I got... Live, not text, no indication as to what your thoughts were on that. That was a great rant.
1: Yeah. And before we end it, though, weeks about how I want to end this. Uh, So if you could do me a favor and just ask me if I want to go get a burger tonight.
0: All right. (laughs) Do you want to go get a burger tonight?
1: Not tonight, Barry. Maybe another time.
0: That's uh, great. Yeah, that was a good stop. And that, good was
1: that was it for our guy. We knew it when he said it. There was never going to be a burger.
0: Ah, so true. Shout up, Affleck, forever. All right, although, man. You go.
1: Although, let me say one last thing. Although, Netflix is talking about buying the Snyderverse, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, Zack Snyder did that, like, Army of Darkness, that zombie thing for them, and now yeah, yeah. Rebel Moon, which is, like, a knockoff Star Wars. Apparently, he, like, pitched a Star Wars movie to me, and he told them it was going to be rated R and feature no known characters, and they were like, we're not interested in that at all. So, instead, he, <laughs> he went to Netflix with his idea, and they're like, yeah, we'll do a knockoff Star Wars. So, like, Netflix is love and Zack Snyder right now, and they are making a play to purchase the Snyderverse from HBO. I don't know how realistic that is. I would imagine HBO has no interest in that. Well, I'm sorry, I'm saying HBO. I mean I mean Warner. I would assume Warner Brothers has zero interest in that because it will dilute their universe, uh, their Superman, their Batman, so I don't think it'll happen. But, supposedly there are talks going on. That would be Awesome dude. I would love that. But I have to be realistic. I think we're gonna see a Bruce Wayne scene in the Aquaman movie, and that is gonna be it for this universe. But who knows, man? We never thought we'd see the Zack Snyder Justice League cut either, and we did. So fingers crossed.
0: Something to look forward to if if we do actually get that in what December? Aquaman 2.
1: Oh, I mean that's definitely coming out, but like how bad is it gonna be? It's anyone's guess.
0: Well, it's just a good thing David Cornswett and Rachel Brosnahan aren't in it, or you might, uh, you, you might, I don't know, I don't know what you're gonna do. You're not happy.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I just hate that guy now, and he hasn't even worked out yet. You know, Robert Pattinson refused to work out for Batman, so that was the reason I was just, I was giving him a chance at first, and then when he said that, I was just like, this guy sucks. So, David Cornswett hasn't even said that, but I already dislike him just because he's not Henry Cavill.
0: That's fair. All right. Good Take luck, across,
1: man. Hashtag release the Snyderverse. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Good talking to
0: you, bro.